was an atheist. His mother was a Buddhist, and uh, he was raised in that home. His mother, once a year, would offer up incense and a bowl of fruit to her ancestors. Fortunately for David, he did have a great aunt that took him to church on occasion, and he did learn about something about the Ten Commandments, about the love of God, and the concern that those people at church had for others. Despite this, David still grew up as, as an atheist. Later on, he decided he was actually an agnostic, but he didn't find any satisfaction from, the, from these beliefs. And he sought things in sports and other activities and business, the, the pursuit of a career in money, but he still found no satisfaction in those things. During his senior year in college, he was handed a little green New Testament with a Gideon emblem on the front, and he began to read, and eventually as he read, he came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. As he gave his heart to Jesus, he just asked for three things. He asked that he would find a good job, that he could find a good church, and that he would have good Christian friends to assist him in his journey as a Christian. Today, David is a pastor of a church and he's been able to witness to many thousands of people by preaching uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. As of last summer, the Gideons had distributed two billion copies of God's Word. Now, since in 1455, the Gutenberg Bible was first printed. And since that time, there have been approximately six billion copies of God's Word printed. That means that the Gideons have distributed one-third of all the Bibles that have ever been printed. But you know, that's not enough. There's seven billion people in the world. That means that there's at least one billion people in this world who've never received a copy of God's Word. Recently, I was going through some of my change in my change drawer, and I pulled out two quarters. I pulled out five dimes, five nickels, and five pennies. Those financial folks present. How much is that? It's a dollar thirty. For as little as a dollar and thirty cents, a copy of God's Word can be placed virtually anywhere in the world. That pays for the copy to be printed and for the distribution of, of that. So what would one copy of God's Word accomplish? Several of our Gideons have uh, traveled internationally to distribute Bibles in schools and prisons and uh, street ministries. One of those Gideons was in the country of Uganda, and a young lady named Lydia came to him and said, let me tell you my story of what happened. She said, I was raised as one of 19 children in a Muslim home. And one day when I was at school, they brought Bibles and gave me a copy of, of New Testament. Now, she had been seeking to find the way to eternal life, and she had asked her father, you know, how, how can I know that I would re receive eternal life? And he said, well, what you need to do is live a good life, pray five times a day, and obey the Ten Commandments. Somehow that just didn't satisfy her. But when she received that copy of God's Word, she began to read, and in reading that, she found out how she could have life eternal and how she could have the joy of knowing Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Since that time, seven of her brothers have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord, and three are now pastors of churches there in Uganda. 
and she is active with the Gideon Auxiliary in Jinja, Uganda. Matthew was born into a Hindu family in India. While in school there in India, he received a Gideon New Testament. But his father would not allow him to read it. So secretly, he began to read the New Testament. And he came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And his mother began to notice that there was really a difference in Matthew's life. And she didn't understand what was different. And she asked him, and, and he told her that it was Jesus living in him. So she took that New Testament away from him and began to read it herself. And she too came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And she gave it to one of Matthew's brothers, and he too accepted Christ. Eventually, although it took a little longer, the father also began to read that little New Testament and came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. She is now a pastor in a church, and she has helped to start nine other churches. One dollar and thirty cents purchased that little New Testament and distributed. Just think what God's Word can do, even if it's just one copy. I want you to please pray for the Gideon ministry. Pray that there will be more men who would be willing to step forward and serve in this ministry. Secondly, pray for the the distribution of scriptures, that they, the word will be read and accepted by those who read, and that there will be adequate funds to supply more scriptures for the world. There are several ways that you can furnish money to buy scriptures. For as little as $5, you can pay for a Gideon Bible that would be placed in a hotel or a motel, or as I've said, for $1.30, you can place a New Testament virtually anywhere in the world. You can do this through an offering such as that that will be taken this morning. Or you could use the Bible card program. You have a rack out in the foyer area that's got uh, Gideon Bible cards. And you, those are free to you. And you can take those and offer those uh, as a, uh, what you do is write a check, send it to the Gideons. And then you notify that person that you're honoring. Or if it's in memory of someone, then you can uh, do that. You send the card to the individual you're honoring or in memory uh, of someone send it to that family and that's another way that you can make a contribution to the Gideons to purchase more Bibles. Pastor Buzzkirk, I thank you so much for the opportunity to come and present the Gideon report to you today and thank you congregation for your attention. Amen. He's, he's asked us to pray. Let's do that right now. Lord God, we ask that you would anoint uh, Dan and his, uh, his group, the Gideons, Father, wherever their work extends your word through this world, we pray that it would have your anointing on it, that it would have the life-giving power that only your word has. And the testimony is this, that you have given us eternal life, and the life is in the Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. I have written these things that you may know that you have eternal life. God, we thank you for your word that we can trust it beyond our feelings, beyond our hopes. And we pray that others will come to know the strength of that seed planted in their own lives. Help us to be seed sowers today as we support the Gideons and their work of distributing the word so widely, so affordably, so powerfully. In your name, we give you praise for the changed lives that will come from it. 
In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. This, this morning, if we, uh, as we take our offering, feel free to drop your offerings for the Gideons if you'd like in the offering then, or you can always drop it in the drop box uh, at the back near the, uh, near the uh, sound booth. I'm trying to think of what that thing's called back there. Um, this last week, we've got a lot of great work to, uh, in progress. We, we would prefer that you not go walking around back there. Um, just for safety uh, uh, (coughs) purposes, but we'd also like to show you from week to week the progress that's going on. That huge boom truck uh, of concrete came in, and we started the work below the ground this last week uh, through that hose, uh, 270 yards, I think, maybe. Maybe it was more than that. I can't remember the exact number of of concrete was poured. It went into holes like that with rebar already preset within it, They started filling those holes and sealing them off uh, all around the perimeter of the building. Um, Those big pads are four feet deep and will be the footings for um, the rebar uh, steel that comes in later on. So um, we're underway, and we thank God for the break in the rain and that we're getting on with it. So uh, that's the little crook. That'll eventually be the worship stage in the new... Uh, gymnasium, believe it or not, is starting to actually take shape out there. So we thank God for those workers. Uh, We've been given a special, uh, I think, assortment of workers to work on our building. Uh, I've met so many of them that are believers and just delighted to be joining in uh, our work here as we extend uh, this facility to do a lot more stuff uh, in Jesus' name. The building doesn't do anything. It just enables us to do what God calls us to do as a people. It's going to be a great tool for ministry, and we can't wait to use it. Uh, Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord God, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our midst, uh, for concrete things, and for the spiritual blessings that you pour out upon us. God, we give you thanks for it all. Uh, Help us to draw that up in our spirit this morning, that our thanksgiving to you Uh, might be a real response to the grace that you've already poured out. We worship you this morning. We lift you up. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving us from so much and to save us for so much. God, we give you thanks in your holy name. Let's worship him. A God of power and might. A God who doesn't just wait in heaven, but breaks into this reality from that heavenly wholeness. Lord God, we pray for you to intervene this day in our lives right here where we are by the power of Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Work amongst us, we pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We pray thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reason we pray that is because in heaven, God's kingdom is already fully born. But in this world, it's yet to completely break in. And so with our prayers, we poke holes between here and heaven uh, to trigger what God can do in our midst. But if you've prayed for something and it just didn't seem that God was responding. Sometimes in those moments, we can lose our strength to pray. 
I think Paul was maybe at that point when he said, you know, I prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh to be taken away from me, but three times, nada. It's still there. And he said it was then that the Spirit spoke to him and said that his grace was sufficient for him. God's favor would be enough. God's grace would be enough. It's almost as if Paul was being assured. Paul, even though that particular prayer is not answered yet, God is already at work. Trust that. Wait on that. Praise him while you wait. Do you remember Daniel, the 10th chapter? Daniel's surprised to see this angel now responding to his prayers. He prayed for this intervention 21 days before. And the angel says, Daniel, don't you understand from the first moment you opened your mouth and you lifted your prayer to heaven, God heard your prayer and sent me, but I've been warring for 21 days in the heavenlies with the prince of Persia that I might get here to answer this prayer. The scriptures tell us that God coordinates his work in the world through his church, through our prayers. I don't know why he does that, why he trusts that to us. We seem to give up on prayer so quickly. But this meal is about that grace that always sustains us. That gives us hope that that kingdom will someday fully consummate. Jesus has said that he would not partake of this meal again until the day that it was fully upon us. Until it was fulfilled. Between now and then, he's at work. And our prayers often release God to his greatest willingness in the, in the earth. Are you weary with praying something through? Then perhaps this meal is for you. A meal to sustain. A meal to remind. That though your prayers may not have been answered yet... God's grace can handle the yet. He's already at work. Until you see the answer, trust his heart. Until you know the power, praise him that it's on the way. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, Jesus gave thanks to you, our Father. And he took bread and he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks to you, our Father. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and drink from this, all of you. For this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord God, not only for the forgiveness of sins, but for the triumphing over evil. For the cleansing of our consciousness. For the wholeness that your kingdom speaks into our existence here, Father. We pray for the breaking through by the power of your blood. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a powerful God. And that with your cross, you have done all that is necessary to release your kingdom into this world. It is your right at your will to do so. Help us to live on this side of your great pronouncement. It's finished. 
And help us to receive it this morning, Lord God, as we continue to lift our prayers to you and trust you for your answers. We ask it in this, in the name of your Son, who gave us these promises and who gave himself for us, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.